What's up, folks? It's Pasty. And it's Fat Mac. And we've got all the news you need to know about the impending World War Three. Oh, it's another invasion and it's imminent. It's imminent. It's happening. Japan has made the first move. And we'll they get struck. into more of that in this week's Savage Sentinel. But here at the top of the show, it's time for the top of the show. And at the top, you know... We got to give our love to the sponsors. Of course, I'm talking about Qualities T-Shirt Company of Wilmer, Minnesota, bringing you the finest in custom tees, sublimation, heat transfer, vinyl and decals, and shirts for any occasion. These are high-quality shirts made for you to your custom specifications. And not only that, but they put on numerous community events for the Wilmer area, including Wilmer Mania 2! With a halftime show performance by my good friends Team Bad Decision, that's Mistress Marinas and Tipsy. If you haven't seen them in action yet, go check them out. It's going to be a fun time. And of course... Can't have one without the other. Monster wear clothing comes into play as we march closer to Mischief Day. That's right. Get all your small runner bulk orders on decals, stickers, shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabric. Along with custom graphics and logo design services offered, Monster Wear Clothing is your one-stop shop for all your self-made branding needs. With these two companies... You will not be beat when it comes to marketing your product. Yes, and tis the season to wear monster wear. Yes. And that brings us, folks, to this week in pro wrestling history. And with the impending invasion from Japan, we felt it was only right that we talk about some Japanese pro wrestling history. And, folks, that happened on October 21st, 1972. Yes, 47 years ago. All Japan Pro Wrestling, the pro wrestling organization founded by Giant Baba, held its first ever wrestling show at Michida City Gym in Tokyo, Japan. In the main event, Bruno San Martino and Terry Funk defeated... Giant Baba and Thunder Sugiyama in a two out of three falls match. I haven't yes. gone back to find this, but it, if I hope it's on YouTube or somewhere. I hope it was recorded because that's four legends, and just you know that's going to be an awesome match. Yes, and Giant Baba, not to be confused with the big show on New Year's Eve when he was a giant baby with a Baba. Correct, and not to be confused with the overweight Bubba that. Fat Mac and Pasty White and all. <laughs> mm. 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 I love that giant Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> now I guess it's time to move on to this week's token JRR. That's Jim Ross ramblings. And guess what, folks? It's a button now. I was not aware I was going to be replaced in talent relations. That was that Vince told me that in a at a TV one day. He said, "I want you to go down to a meeting with the talent, uh, and I'm going to make John. Uh, John's going to take your spot, and I'm going to promote you to executive VP of business strategies." Of course, it was never even a, a title. It meant nothing. I did nothing. 
he didn't want me to hurt my feelings for me to leave. I ended up, you know, how that worked out. But nonetheless, Laurinaitis' deal was out of the clear blue to me. It was total shock. I didn't know it was coming. I think sometimes he was less than truthful. I don't think he was forthcoming as he should have been. But the boys knew he was a worker. And they still know he's a worker. And if you go back and look at his track record as the, in talent relations, give me a long list of stars that he signed, that he developed, that are going to the Hall of Fame, and has drawn big money for the McMahons. I challenge you. And if you don't believe me, folks, go back and look at these guys during that era that we brought into the company and how they had developed. And the guys that become millionaires and Hall of Famers, you know why he was? He, he, he had good penmanship. He was, he was organized, handsome, blonde, tall, lean, pretty white teeth, uh, and uh, always nice and a good politician. So that's how that worked out. The boys that had negotiated deals through Laurinaitis oftentimes would tell me, I don't trust him. I didn't trust him then. I don't trust him now. I said, well, he's your guy. I'm out. He's in. So you got to play for him now. I didn't give a shit about politics. I didn't care about their white teeth. I didn't care about what they wore or their comportment or their kissing ass and laughing at every joke. I didn't care about that. And the guys could see right through Laurinaitis. Hey, John's a decent guy. I was a little myth that when my wife got killed, he didn't communicate with me. I thought that was kind of chicken shitty, but what the hell? Who cares really? Right? We don't, we don't communicate. We don't exchange Christmas cards. I don't give a shit and he don't give a shit about me. That's fine. It's reciprocal. But the bottom line of it is he's a, he's a worker and you know, you can put this, go back and trace the steps and folks, you can get pissed at me if you want. I don't care. I'm just telling you the truth. He's a worker and uh, he outworked me. And he outworked me with those pretty white teeth. <laughs> that is, that is one of my favorites. I just, he was in a mood on that, on uh, this last, it's the taboo Tuesday episode of grilling JR and folks, if, if you get a chance to listen to it, that's, that's the best one he had uh, against uh, Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis, but he goes off at the very beginning of the show on uh, Twitter critics who are criticizing his calling and the announce team. He goes off on Vince McMahon for a little bit, Triple H. He goes off on AEW, actually a little bit. Talks about their flippy floppies and their uh, the announce team, the the announce group that he's not happy with. Hey, if I was JR, I would be I would be complaining about AEW as much as possible because a lot of people like to criticize JR for not being a good good at calling AEW action. I just think they're too fast for him. He's from a different era. I you know. He is, and and we said from the beginning, you know, we said we weren't sure how he was going to fit in this, and then after his first few calls, I mean, I honestly think he just, he probably doesn't need to be on the air. Again, I think I've said this before, bring him out for maybe like a special match here and there, yeah. but let him do his work behind the scenes and talent relations. That's where he's most valuable to this group, and they're not using him there. Honestly, like Cody matches are the most storytelling you get in a match in AEW. I think I think if he just called Cody matches, that would be a cool thing. Um, Taz on, on AEW dark was amazing. Yeah. I was so glad to see, uh, Taz, you know, we had mentioned in the news, he said he was talking to a few companies. I was surprised to see Taz in the booth. I, I look forward to hopefully seeing him more or hearing him more. I should say, because he's always been one of my favorite announcers. Once he, he started announcing, yeah. I know when he first, when it first happened, he wasn't happy about it. Much like macho man back in the day. He wanted to wrestle, not announce. 
But I thought in Impact Wrestling, he did a hell of a job. Him and Mike Tanay, I voted um, announcers of the year a few times personally. Oh, yeah. Well, even in even in WWE when he didn't want to announce but was, he and Mike Cole made a really good team together. <clears throat> Excuse me. They did, and they played well off each other. And, folks, if you don't know, they put Taz in the announce booth for one match because he was injured and he couldn't wrestle. And it was one match that had something to do with storyline-wise. I, I don't remember what match it was or why he was there. But he said he called that match and he was supposed to leave but he was waiting for his cue from the headset to leave, and nobody ever told him to leave. Nobody ever told him to leave. So then the next match started, and he just stayed there, and he kept calling it. And then he said after, like, the third match um, during commercial break or something, he was like, oh, am I supposed to leave? And they're like, just stay out there and keep doing it. Apparently they just made the call on the fly that, hey, he's awesome out there. Oh, yeah. Yep. And it led to a, a strong radio career for the man years down the line. So I guess we've kind of um, danced around this, but let's let's pop right into this best reasons to watch wrestling this week. Yes, and this week we've got four of them for you folks. That's good. I'm going to let Fat Matt cover this first one. So we start out with AAA Heroes Immortals um, 13. Actually, yeah, 13. Folks, it's not a typo, and you didn't hear me uh, mispronounce something. It is Immortals, because that is the Hispanic way of saying Immortals. Simple. Uh, this scene, not in the main event, but we had Phoenix defending his AAA Mega Championship against Kenny Omega. This was a great blend, pasty, of Lucha Libre and Purusu styles. Yes, folks, look that one up. That's a real thing. And a standout match between two AEW main eventers who were tearing it up in a completely different promotion. Now we know that there is a working relationship between AAA, and obviously Phoenix has been wrestling in AAA longer than AEW's even been around. But it's awesome that these two AEW guys go to a different, uh, go to a, a completely different promotion and put their all out there. I'm not gonna say who wins or who doesn't. Although I'm sure most people have already heard the outcome, but that's fine. But uh, honestly, if you like to see two different styles gel, this is the match. Yeah, I, I really wish I would have seen that. I think it's really awesome that, that uh, AEW is willing to send some top guys over to do that. I also think it's really awesome that AAA has a mega championship. Mega. Mega. I just wish that... Before every, like, uh, title defense, they just have Ice Cube come out just to go, Don Mega! <laughs> just that. Just that. Dude, Ice Cube <laughs> would be a great wrestling manager. Oh, he'd be awesome. Probably one it. of the best. That I would think be amazing. My Actually, my number one go-to whenever people ask, who do you think would be a great manager who's not in the wrestling business my go-to is Donald Glover. I could just imagine that dude would just eat up the wrestling world. Like, he would just yeah. love it. Yep. He's made for that kind of just outlandishness. Definitely. So, the best reason this week, number two, goes to WWE Raw. What? 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 Yeah, yeah, that happened this week. Uh, Raw opened up with a uh, fairly short but sweet promo by Ric Flair 
followed by a great showcase from Drew McIntyre and Ricochet. And I won't tell you who won that match, but if it was a great showcase, I think you know who probably walked away. The and victim. I'll tell you what, those are two of my favorite guys in WWE right now, and two guys that are definitely not getting the shine they deserve. So this is awesome. No, I was it was really cool to see, and I'm thinking I, I really believe Paul Heyman got the guys he wanted in the draft, and I think we're gonna see some amazing things on the Raw show. I could be proven wrong, but that's my vibe from this week alone. It'd be cool if uh, WWE Raw could turn into the WWE show to watch. Um, and then we have the AEW Dark, folks. Yes, the YouTube show, eight man tag team main event. With the Rhodes boys and the Buck boys, Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, and the Young Bucks, taking on Private Party and the Stronghearts. And as we kind of alluded to earlier, it was awesome having Taz call, and especially this match. Taz was great at, at this match. This was a really fun one. I liked this. It's sad that the um, free internet dark show was so much better than the pay um, uh, flagship show that AEW has. I have a feeling in the long term it's going to balance out and we'll get more meh matches with AEW Dark, but I think in the launch you have a larger potential audience with YouTube than you do with a cable channel. Correct. More eyes have the ability to see it. Yeah. Yes, yes, and it can draw more people into the main show anyway. But... um. I really like what they're doing with AEW Dark, and I hope they keep this up because it's a great Tuesday treat, and it's easy to digest, just a simple hour of wrestling. And this match was amazing. Uh, who's the more wrestler of the Young Bucks? It's, it's Matt, right? Matt, correct. Yeah. Yeah, Matt had this amazing spot where all four of the, the enemy team members were around the ring, and he... what you, it was just a huge string of movement, so fluid, and it went on for probably a minute, minute and a half, and it was just beautiful to watch. And then Taz, dude, Taz being the professional, showed up at this, his first time announcing for AEW Dark, or AEW in general, and, and automatically does better than anybody else. He researched everything. He knows everybody and their moves. And he knows yeah, what he, he's talking about when it comes to them. I, it's pretty amazing. He was much more knowledgeable than, or, or at least on air, he emoted himself as much more knowledgeable than any of the other announcers have as of yet. Yes. For sure. And him and Excalibur, I think they sounded pretty good together. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm still not the biggest fan of Excalibur. I still think he's... I don't. Did he announce elsewhere before AEW? Was he a wrestler? No, before? he didn't. He's a wrestler, and he, to me, I really like him. But he just, I don't have a complaint on him other than he just sounds bland. Yeah, like almost Michael Coleish, where it's yeah, like he's which, really good, but he sounds very bland. If he comes into his own, he could be a, a Michael Cole caliber announcer, but he's not there yet. He's he's got. No. I got the feeling of it. I definitely do. But I don't know. I I almost hope that somewhere down the line there's an angle that pulls him back to the ring and away from the announced team. Cause right. could you imagine Jr. and Taz and and uh, oh I'm drawing a blank. This is bad. 
uh, Tony Schiavone? Yeah, Tony Schiavone. Oh, how'd you Those forget Tony Schiavone? <laughs> Just too many names all at once flowing through my brain. But yeah, <laughs> those three as an announced team, could you top that with any other team in the world? Even uh, if JR is past this prime? You know, you know the, the only other person I would, uh, I, I think, is is as good right there, if you could add to it. Isn't alive is, uh, anymore, right? <laughs> well, no, no, I wasn't. Well, of course, Bobby Heenan, but that's, yeah. that goes without saying. No, Ian Riccoboni, who does the uh, New Japan uh, American stuff. Oh, he's I he's one of my favorite announcers. He mm. doesn't get enough credit. Not enough people talk about about him. Um, I guess just, Mauro Ranallo is another name good. you could toss in there too. Yeah. Oh, Mauro would work very good with <laughs> AEW. Of course. I love him with NXT though, and the way he hypes up. I just you can't watch an episode of NXT without getting rap quotes from the whitest guy in the room, and I love right. Him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and it's not like um, it's not tongue in cheek. Like he's a huge no. hip hop head. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and it's current. <laughs> it's like more current than what I listen to. And it's like whoa, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. And of course, you can't talk about Marwanala without talking about NXT, which is our fourth best reason to watch wrestling this week. As gentlemen Jack Gallagher and Angel Garza put on an extremely entertaining mat wrestling match. Very short, very sweet, and innovative. Just the cruiserweight moves, the the fluid uh, pinning combos where they pin each other back and forth. Except Gallagher had him in like a a cross arm bar from the back and kept rolling himself over into another pin. So yep. it was like Gallagher getting three or four pins in a row. Just the the shit they did was fun, and I I don't know if everybody would call it mat wrestling because there was some high spots too towards the end, but a lot of this was just grapples and it felt good i definitely have to go back and watch this one because i've heard good things about it but i haven't watched it yet that's my out of the blue best reason but then you have the the triple threat north american title match with keith lee dominic dijakovic and um your boy roddy strong no, that Roddy Strong amazing. is not my boy. He's I love Undisputed Era, but I've been very vocal that he's my least favorite out of the four. <laughs> good, yeah. good. Master of the backbreaker. Not going to take that away from him. Yep. And uh, I guess Finn Balor turning heel was pretty cool, too. Heard good things about that, too. I, I should go back and watch the whole episode of NXT, I think. Now, yeah, no, I think this this week's NXT, I probably should have bumped it up. It shouldn't have been fourth on the list. I, uh, I definitely <laughs> wasted my time watching uh, Dynamite, and I could have easily just watched yeah. NXT. Instead. That's I, why it's good to get all the reviews first and then pick I watched. What the did you watch Dynamite watch. live? Because I did. No, I didn't watch it. I don't watch anything good. live. At least you didn't watch it live because the amount of commercial breaks and the location of commercial breaks were mind-boggling. Oh, I still That's got, my biggest complaint. I the, still the got backstage the brawl, breaks. if you'll call it that, which yeah. was like two moves and Chris Jericho putting his own face in the Dippin' Dots because Cody didn't get there fast enough. Right. <laughs> that doesn't add up to the just the timing issues of tonight. And I know they're still new, and I'll give them a pass on it, but AEW Dynamite is the worst reason this week. The shameful show, so. if you will. I don't even think they really had – what was the most solid match on the card? Anything? Oh, it was extremely forgettable, regrettable. 
I, I, no, I, I mean, I don't think we get the outcome of we get Lucha Bros versus SCU for the tag team championship. Um, That's kind of cool. Oh, um, Um, what was the, oh, the Dark Order tag team match. Uh, I liked that. Uh, it was Dark Order versus, uh, was Lucha, S- Lucha Brothers? Or S-E-U? SCU? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I liked. That <laughs> that I actually liked. It wasn't great, but um, I liked it. The biggest problem is the fans weren't behind it. They're still not behind the Dark Order. And uh, But I thought it was a pretty solid match. I think that, I, I think that it really hurt SCU to have Daniels go down. Because I love Scorpio Sky, but Kaz and Daniels such great chemistry together. Right. But they, they, it's good. It's good. It's going to be interesting to see. I just think Dark Order, if you have to make a, a, a kind of comparison, they're your Bray Wyatt of, of AEW. It's very light, but it is what it is. <laughs> and they shouldn't be in the tag team title picture. They should be probably uh, singling out singles wrestlers and making a mark maybe that's that's what i feel you need to be i don't know all i know is that both yours and my pick to win this tournament are both out yep <laughs> mine was out right away mine was like the first one out the Young bucks, bucks. Yep. surprise me but i, I, I got excited it... with private party like they're gonna go right? far nope next round lost i did have it down to a good SCU match though that was a good match that was a good match and I did have it down to SCU and Bucks, and I'm I'm still I'm pulling. I think SCU is going to take it right now. You have two you have two veteran and great tag either team Lucha Brothers or SCU. You, I'm going to be happy either way. Ah, but Chris Jericho's boys in LAX or formerly LAX have been pressuring for to be entered into the tournament as well. So if it comes down to either SCU getting replaced or it being a triple threat for the tag team titles. I can see the former I, LAX getting it. They're going to be the ones to walk away with it. I'd be all right with that. It gives them instant heat. Mm-hmm. They got to buy through every round just to the finals. I'm, I'm assuming would be that's the, the way uh, it's going to go. Especially since they bought tickets and Cody attacked Jericho. He's got leverage <laughs> now. They would be the AEW um, Shane McMahon. Not in the tournament, but I'm going to win it. Yep. Yep. Oh, Shane McMahon's probably going to win the tournament we're going to talk about later, too, then, huh? There's a best of the world in there. <laughs> There's a best in the world. But Ooh, one, we'll get to that. One of the uh, things that was close to one of the best in the world is the pay-per-view put on by Impact Wrestling. Of course, this is their WrestleMania Bound for Glory 2019. It's always worth a watch, and it never lets you down. Oh, man. It's it's fun. And AEW is definitely in, still in this rebound period where they're putting their all in. They're putting their best foot forward. Yes, they are. So we're going to so, break it down for you and let you know the results. Hopefully you've tuned in. If you haven't, there's still time. Yes. And we um we are kind of going a little long here, and it's a busy day for both Pasty and Max. So... I'm going to try to knock through these pretty good, although I got I got a lot to say about a lot of them, to be honest. First of all, two pre-show matches I didn't watch at all. Madison Rain defeated Shotzi Blackheart, making her debut in Impact. Awesome to see Shotzi. And then there was the trios match that was originally going to be on the pay-per-view that got bumped to pre-show. Uh, Radicals defeated Dr. Wagner, Aerostar, and Tauros. And Pasty, 
you had uh you had picked the rascals to win so it's a shame that they got bumped to the pre-show for you buddy right that would have been a point but it makes <laughs> things more interesting doesn't it very much so <laughs> yeah we started off with the bound for gold gauntlet match and uh i'm not going to talk about everybody that was in that match but we knew nothing last week we knew nothing and then like the day after we d- did our show 18 people were announced it's like oh man <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> but eddie edwards actually won it he came in number one and he ended up winning it last eliminating mahabali sharia which i'm glad because i did not want to see him win it i'm not a fan of his But this was such an eclectic and diverse match with multiple men and women of so many various styles, sizes, and ethnicities, but they all gelled very well together. They seemed to know which spots to take, which people to work with. It really came – sometimes it can come off as a big cluster. This time it came off surprisingly fluid for a basically a Royal Rumble-style match. That's good, man. MLW had a really solid rumble last year. Yep, yeah. It's uh, it's it's good to see good Royal Rumbles because they can be done. It's just not easy to accomplish. Well, WWE will sure smear that in uh, in yeah. next week when they, or on Wednesday <laughs> or whatever when they got their big battle royal in Saudi Arabia. But um, a, a few things, Jordan Grace. Uh, when she came in, she went after everyone in the ring, and she actually German suplexed Madman Fulton of um, Ohio versus everything OVE, and Madman Fulton was tearing everybody up, and she get a, did a German suplex to him. The crowd popped for that. Swago made an appearance. He came out from under the ring. He chased. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think who one of them hit under the ring. I can't think of who it was now. <laughs> Yeah, of course. And so he it's hopped the out of the ring. He did in the last Rumble I could have done without Swaggle. <laughs> yeah, I could have done without Swaggle, but I get that people like the um, the Gaga, as Pat Patterson would call it. So yeah. I dug that. But he's a character. And really he's good to have these matches where you can have a lot of faces. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's it. It's just good. I'd rather have him in this than to have a singles match. Yeah. So um, then we had Joey Ryan piped up, popped up, Kylie Ray popped up, and of course Tommy Dreamer checks the box for another battle royal. Kylie Ray's not retiring from wrestling, folks. Oh. <laughs> and um, I'm just I, I'm going to say it right now. Pasty and I haven't discussed this, but I'm just going to say it right now. As of right now, every rumor I've heard just seems stupid and has very little validity to it, so we're not even going to get into either of the two major rumors going on behind her. I don't want to, at least, Pasty. No, I've already, stated, I've already stated my opinion. I don't believe opinion. either one. You think my opinion is stupid? Yeah. I think it's feasible. It makes uh, it would make possibly, sense. My thought is, why the hell didn't she just go to WWE? Because Bailey is not Bailey is not Bailey anymore. She cut her hair and got rid of the tube men. So they need a replacement for Bailey. <laughs> hey, as we're gonna as we're gonna find out going forward here, Impact seems to be the place to be right now. Yeah, yeah, it does. America's uh, so favorite. So after under- that, which was the yes, that was a good start for the pay per view. It's just like a fun little outing. I probably wouldn't have put it as the opener personally, but I get why it was. Uh huh. 
Then we got the Knockouts Championship match. Taya Valkyrie defeated and kept her title from Tanel Dashwood, which surprised both Pasty and I. Yes, it did. This was a this was fun. The finish I think was actually smart because Taya won due to interference and uh, uh, chicanery by um, uh, uh, um, I forget what it's what he's called now. Uh, and, Johnny Impact. Anyways, that doesn't matter. But <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> Nonetheless, I think. Even though I, I thought Tanel should win, and Tyre right now is the longest running uh, ever at Knockouts Champion. That includes Impact or TNA, so that is cool, and I'm okay with them keeping that. I like that. But uh, Dashwood, she actually could have. There's a few spots in there where she could have done some heelish stuff, and she didn't. So that firmly establishes her as a babyface going forward, and to me, firmly established. She's not only a rematch, but a title run. I think she's definitely going to be the next one. The match was very good, probably not great, but the story behind it and during it, I made it a very, very good match, I think. I, I, I was all for this. So this was a very good one. And I wasn't upset Taya won, even though I going into this, I thought Tanel Dashwood should have won. Yeah. She'll have her time, though. She, she's a megastar, yeah. and if she doesn't find it in Impact, she can find it pretty much anywhere else in the world. Except WWE, apparently. Well, yeah. They <laughs> yeah. They'd take her back, though. They'd pay her to sit on a couch. They're very good. WWE is uh, the modern-day WCW, where they just let other people build their stars, and then they buy them from them. Yep. It's sad. Didn't used to be like that. WWE can hire me. Oh. <laughs> Pasty, then we had the three-way tag team championship match where the North kept their titles, defeating Rich Swan and Willie Mack, as well as the team of Rhino and Rob Van Dam, which seen Rob Van Dam turn on his old buddy Rhino and walk oh, out on the shit. match. Hell yeah. Say it isn't so... Oh, it was, it was just great. This is, I think, this is the first time in. Uh, he went. He went to go backstage oh, to get high with OVW or OVE. He might have. <laughs> um, I think this is the first time in over a decade that RVD's been a, a heel, and he he went total heel. It was really awesome. He was a great heel in ECW. This I can't was, even say I remember awesome. him being a heel ever. That's crazy. He wasn't with Bill Alfonso back in ECW, but otherwise, yeah, he's always just been a face. Um, and that was kind of sad. I will say this. Sadly, with the young talent in there, with the, the four other men who were young, <laughs> the, the Van Damme heel turn on Rhino probably stole the whole show. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't knock good storytelling, I guess. <laughs> so... I don't know. He, he he doesn't he doesn't have the same style or or the same panache that he had 10 20 years ago, but RVD can still go in the ring and he still has great psychology. 
Yeah. Uh, so, was Rhino fucking up? Is that why Rob turned on him, or did he turn on him just out of the blue? Well, he turned on him because, you know, they were they had lost the championship match before to the North, and they were, it's, it's the classic, you know, oh, we're failing, and then it's like Van Dan's like, well, it's your fault, not my fault. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a classic heel turn. It wasn't nothing fancy or anything. I'm going to say one thing, and that's Impact Wrestling. If you're going to have a team called the North, you need to have a team called the South. <laughs> that's... That and then would, you can uh, have a team called the West who just doesn't want to get involved because they're making money. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> I, I was watching... Uh, no, I won't get into it. Uh, <laughs> I, I do want to say, though, I think... I, I, I'm wondering if RVD's heel turn isn't RVD's choice because if we've learned or if we know anything from the past or even just the entire history of pro wrestling it's that heels purposely and tend to and can work a easier more laid back style than the faces who want to pop you and want to build you up so rvd isn't getting any younger i could see him being like hey man i got one more heel turn left in me and i want to want to pull back a little bit before i retire i'm in decent shape right now and i don't want want to get any worse right i don't know that's just a thought hey you don't want to be john cena your whole career <laughs> funny that rob van dam would be the man to break that mold <laughs> right and we had a match that i wasn't sure about i'm not super familiar with uh maru fuji and um i've said before and i'll say again i'm not the biggest michael elkin fan but other than the huge botch on Impact's part by misspelling Maro Fuji's name in with more than just one letter, <laughs> it was like Mari Mari Fugi. It was M A R. It's supposed to be M A R U F U G J I, and they spelt it M A R I F U G I, I believe. Maybe that's just his name in Impact. Maybe that's their Vince McManning. It. We own Mari Fugi. <laughs> Uh, but this was a, you know, Michael Elgin spent a lot of time in New Japan, and, and he succeeded very well in New Japan. Pacey, this was a brawl, a Japanese strong style, whap them, stiff hits. You know they're feeling it, not just the next morning, but probably within a couple hours after leaving the ring. And the fans felt it, and they were just into this match. Hell yeah. Wound up being the longest match on the card. And surprisingly, deservedly so, even though you had a, what, two, uh, five-person ladder match. This was longer than the five-person ladder match. That's crazy. It is. They had the fight forever chance going and everything. Um, Elgin was come off like a badass on this in a positive way. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to say he turned me into a fan. I'm not going to say that That's what I was just going to ask. No, I'm not going <laughs> to say that. But, you know, I think he's uh, his character is kind of pumping himself up. He lost to Brian Cage recently and didn't win the title. And um, I could see them going back to Michael Elgin, Brian Cage, which I personally don't want. Again, Brian Cage is winning me over also, but I'm still not the hugest Cage fan. So, But I could see that happening. And maybe yeah, for he's business, definitely that's no good. Johnny. He's no Johnny. Not a Johnny. Not a Johnny. Of course, I'm talking Johnny Cage. 
I assumed. Not yes. Johnny Bravo. Well, I could have been talking about Johnny Impact for all anybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, duh, that should have been the obvious one. I didn't, <laughs> didn't that's, even that's think why that. I figured I needed to say something. Like, uh, <laughs> depends on what you're into, really. I'm, I'm into some freaky shit, man. <laughs> Just to be honest. Just to be honest. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're still going, aren't we? Yes, indeed. It's been a long week, folks. It's crazy, but it's been fun. No, it hasn't. Um, next up, Pacey. Crazy but fun describes this match to a goddamn letter. I don't know which letter. Could it be T? It could be T. Although a ladder T4. is more of an A shape, isn't it? It's kind of an A ladder, maybe a V. If you put it upside down, you put two of them together, it's an M. <laughs> There's all sorts of, if it's a if it's a extension ladder, it's just a big I. <laughs> if you bring it down, it's a lowercase I. <laughs> it can be all sorts of things. But in this case, it is an X for the X Division Championship pasty. And this was definitely the match I was most looking forward to, without a doubt. And, Pasty, I was talking to you before we went on the air, and I said, I, you know, folks, listen, I've been trying to personally grade every match just for myself. I don't tell y'all every single grade, but I'll bust them out now and then. I had two A-plus matches on this card, and this was one of those A-plus matches. It went almost 18 minutes long, and you would have thought it was 10 minutes it went by so fast, but you wouldn't have wanted an extra five at all. This was every bit as exhilarating a car crash as I ever thought it was going to be. And I think we knew that, knowing who was involved. The only person we didn't know who was involved before the show was A.C. Romero, who probably would have, I probably would have been like, eh, if they'd have told me that originally, because, but I don't know it. The big guys tend to work out in these, you know, like you look at the Money in the Bank matches. They don't got to uh, reach as far, that's for sure. Well, yeah, even though it's hard to get up the ladder. And, of course, they did have a special ladder just for him, and it was painted a different color because you get the Mark Henry, Big Show, Kane kind of guys in these matches, and you're kind of like, uh, but it worked. It worked. Um, the spot's outstanding. Uh, surprisingly, Romero was great in this. He he put a lot into this. He didn't do the flip flopping and flying, and you don't expect a you know what God, he's got to be four fifty pounds right. yeah. or so. Um, but he made the most of this opportunity. I never expected him to win. I don't think anybody did. But he was taking some big bumps for a dude his size, which was super surprising. Uh, Daga was I thought he did an eight ball of coke before he came out because he was just wild, which you expect, but damn. Um, And the person, Pacey, I thought was going to win and it still thinks should have won. And there might be a reason behind that that we might mention later. We're not sure. Tessa Blanchard, she was the star. She was the glue that held all of this shit together. She was, she was this match's Every big, huge, important moment and big spot were kind of built around her, whether that was on purpose or whether she was the ring general or, or what the deal was. But um, I, I thought she was great, and if it wasn't for the interference of OVE, which furthers their feud, which is cool, 
I think she uh, she would have won it. So it, it's cool that she lost, but they gave a reason for it. I, I didn't mind that, but I, I still think I would have preferred her to win it over um, Aust- uh, Ace Austin, who I, I guess we didn't even say the, the members involved, did we? It was <laughs> no. <laughs> Ace Austin, Jake Christ, who is the defending champion of uh, Jake Christ of OVE, Tessa Blanchard, Daga, and Ace Romero was the, the last-minute one. But So I have a question. Yeah. Jake Christ was the X Division champion going into this? Correct. Why didn't he just cash it in to avoid the match? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is that a thing? He, he could do that, yeah? Maybe he didn't want... <laughs> <laughs> maybe he didn't want. Maybe he didn't want to cash it in. He's happy being the X Division champion, and he didn't want to face Brian Cage. Can but you what, blame the guy? What, what does the X Division championship amount to? Oh, it's huge. if you're not it's using not, it. It's not a money to me. It's not a money in the bank kind of thing. It it gives you that option, and um, it used to be. Yeah, I I I don't know. I don't know. But to me. I like that people are proud of just being X Division champion. Yeah, I guess I guess if it, it, you know if you're treating it as a championship, that's pretty cool. And it's probably actually going forward, it's probably better because it makes it more prestigious that you're not willing to just turn it over for a world champion match. Although that should be your highest honor. Also, I, yeah, it gets kind of blurry there. I it, guess. It, it's weird to me from the outside looking in. That's all. I guess the answer to that pasty is it's pro wrestling, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, I guess that's the only real answer I have. It's pro wrestling. And, and it's not like you can cash it in at any moment, right? You have no, to no, set it is not your that. match. Yeah. Correct. It's not, it's not like that where it's just like, Oh, Oh, he's down after a match. I want to cash in right now. No. Yeah, it doesn't play that way. You have to have an actual match. Cause, so that gives it a little prestige. Yeah. Uh, something that wasn't prestigious, Pasty. Moose and Ken Shamrock build as the MMA versus the NFL, even though they're both pro wrestlers. Um, Boy, Ken Shamrock. Let me say this. He looked good for being 55 years old. Hell yeah, and, he did. And he moved and, and wrestled good for being 55 years old. But if you watched Ken Shamrock when he was in his 20s and he was originally in WWE and UFC, you would say, yeah, he felt like he was 55 years old. Um, and Moose, let's be honest, again, not, not somebody I'm super high on, but he's he's not the best in-ring worker. He does the power moves, but he's not the best in-ring worker. <sighs> this one shit the bed, pasty. Yeah, I think they were planning on that, judging by its location as the piss break match. Yeah. And uh, surprise, I mean, kind of like we were talking about Hulk Hogan earlier. Like, I hate to see Ken Shamrock go out on his his pro wrestling career like this. Like, he either should have just stayed away, or I hope he does something to train and get a better opponent and uh, has one more really good match. There we go. Hogan versus Ken Shamrock at WrestleMania. There you go. There's your match. Book it. <laughs> I, I'd i buy it. <laughs> I'd watch it. That'd be fun. Oh, and then we had the main event, Pacey. This was my other A-plus match, and I did not go into it expecting that. 
Uh, we've seen Brian Cage defend his World Impact Championship in a no-DQ match against Sammy Callahan, and he kept it. Uh, Pasty, you tied up. We didn't really go over our, uh, our scorings, but you tied it up with this one. I thought I was going to win, and then Sammy Callahan let me down. That dastardly heel. He's such a heel, though. It's so easy to have him lose in a position like this. It is. That was my and, thought process going into it. And and Brian Cage, I mean, Sammy Callahan's going to need some help to take out Brian Cage. And then he could have had it in an ODQ Impact World Championship match. Yeah, um, but I will say before I get into kind of what I liked about this is the best thing I like about this is it set up a rematch for next week's Impact Wrestling, which is Brian Cage versus Sammy Callahan in a cage match for the Impact World Championship. The match should be called Brian's Cage, and he should have, like, weapons inside of it of his shoes. I love it. I'm I'm so excited for this. It's only going to let me down. That's how excited I am. I don't mean that it's going to be bad. (laughs) I'm just saying I don't think it can live up to my expectations. Um, But, no, this was two guys. The storytelling... God, if people are sick of hearing me say anything over this the tenure of our show, it's how much I love the storytelling in the ring. But, God, these two, they let it all out on the line. They they really, without speaking, told you everything. You could have watched this and not known anything about Cage, Callahan, Impact Wrestling, the story, and you'd know what's going on. It felt, um, you know... Callahan has been uh, going after Brian Cage's wife. Did we talk about that last week, how it, it ended with uh, Callahan outside of Brian Cage's house with his wife and kid? And I think we didn't. I think I don't think we did. Um, so so there was the, the good backstory, and it wasn't one of those things where it's like, oh, something's bad, and now we're going to have a wrestling match. You, He made it feel like it was personal, and he... Uh, he was explosive, violent, punishing everything you wanted him to be. He beat the ever-loving shit out of Sammy Callahan. But Callahan being Callahan, of course, just survived it, you know. Oh, yeah, he which loves the punishment. Which is, is great. It was, oh, and, and, he, and he sells it so well. And, uh, and Brian Cage. Brian Cage sold really good for Sammy Callahan, and Cage is a big dude, and Callahan's a, a roughly smaller feller, you know? Yep, yep. So that was cool. Um, one, one thing that I actually like, which a lot of people could probably shit on and, and maybe should shit on, or, or I probably would shit on a lot of times, but um, with, uh, Cage got pile-driven by Sammy Callahan onto a bed of thumbtacks. Thumbtacks were stuck in his head, and and Cage didn't pop right up, but, man, he didn't sell it like he got pile-drove into some thumbtacks, and that made you feel like he had that rage in him. Yeah. Uh, you know, normally I would shit on that, but I think in this, again, the story, I think it is the only reason it works. I think in the psychology of thumbtacks anyway, as soon as you're put into thumbtacks, your quickest, your, your first instinct is get out as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah, that actually makes sense. And the only thing I don't know is, um, actually what I wrote down before I found out they're having a rematch is like, who, who takes on Cage next? Because he's went through like, everything with with one of the sickest guys ever 
my guess is is that uh, I put in here my guess would be Elgin, and I talked about that. But obviously, we have Callahan um, taking Cage on again this week, so we'll have to see what happens after that. Maybe they're going to continue this feud, but I just kind of had that in there. Huh. Well, a plus I, I match. I got nothing. Have a cage match. This really, week. they gotta have a third about. match. There's gotta be. It's gotta be a series. The rubber match. Throw on your condom. It's the rubber match. Yeah. And uh, and folks, that leave. Yeah, that leave, leaves us with a three to three tie, pasty. Yep. Yep, a three to three tie. We have a tiebreaker, and that's which championship does the gauntlet winner choose? Of course, we have to. But we don't have an answer yet. And therefore, we can't wrap up this segment of the show <laughs> for yet. you this week. But we will. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Just a reminder, folks uh, Fat Mac has picked the World Heavyweight Championship and the tag titles to be the gauntlet winner choice, Eddie Edwards choice. And pasty, you have the X division and the knockouts, which it won't be the knockouts. So that's already knocked out. Yeah. Eddie Edwards doesn't seem like the type of guy that goes after women. So (laughs) I mean, mean, not that way at least. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, It'll be interesting. So now, folks, it is time for the Savage Sentinel. With all the talks in WWE of WWE in Japan, nobody would have ever expected it was New Japan Pro Wrestling who would make the first move. The Asian company announced... Oh, they Pearl Harbored them! Yes, Pearl Necklace Harbor. All over... The Asian company announced in a press conference the introduction of New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. During the press conference, NJPW chairman Sugibayashi and CEO Takami Obari. I just call him Sugar Bitchy. (laughs) Sugar Bitch. Sugar Bitchy. Sugar (laughs) Bitch. They discussed the phases that led to the new subsidiary. Phase one was hunting for talent. Phase two was question marks. And phase three is profit. (laughs) I love it. I hope people catch that reference. That's good. Phase two is running events in the U.S. and other countries. And currently, New Japan Pro Wrestling is in phase three, which is establishing the subsidiary organization. That's right, folks. It feels so good. This is the, the best Japanese Pearl Harbor. made the first move. Oh. <laughs> this is this, awesome. This is huge. Uh-huh. And this is all also with last week's news of NXT trying to establish something in Japan. I really hope that this kind of helps. How many wars can WWE fight at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon they're going to be spreading themselves really thin, which they yeah. already are. Especially since all of this really falls on NXT alone. But I, I truly I truly hope people now actually go back and look. As Americans, I'd say Americans more than almost any other country, probably other than North Korea, they, they don't look outside the United States bubble. And so everybody always says, 
and this was obviously before AEW, but even right now with AEW, a lot of people still say WWE is the rest, the major wrestling show, and then there's independence. People didn't look at Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor or any of these, but I would say to a lot of people online, and I quit saying it, or a lot of people that I talk to, and I just quit saying it because you don't like to argue, New Japan Pro Wrestling globally is a major pro wrestling market. It's not an independent. It's not a small operation. Nope. I hope this proves to people that it's not because now they're running two of – they're running the two biggest countries for pro wrestling. If they get a base in Mexico, they've got the trifecta. Oh, yeah, and they've already got strong ties with Mexico as it is. Oh, of my, course. Another big question that sits in my brain is, you know, they, they were willing to send Moxley – over to New Japan for wrestling, but they won't let their contracted superstars compete in American companies if they're televised. Now, does this throw a wrench in all of New Japan for AEW? And does this push us further away from a truce between the two? Only time will tell. Because this is, it, it's, this is literally WWE moving to Japan, but in reverse. Because yeah, this is exactly. the second biggest wrestling company in the world coming into territory, which is already highly contested. Yeah. And and no, this isn't the first time a Japanese company has made base in the United States. Uh, Dragon Gate USA was in, in over in California area, and they did great, and they ran huge shows. They ended up... They, were, they started going out of business, and they kind of consolidated with Evolve, so now Evolve is absorbed Dragon Gate USA, so I guess that's still going on and actually part of WWE, ironically. Huh. Funny. What a small world. Yep, yep. As if things weren't intense enough already in the wrestling forecast, though. I mean, this this steps things up a few notches. Quite a few notches. But you know what really makes this a small world is that WWE doing all this Saudi Arabia stuff. Um, you know, one guy who's who's really been vocal about it is Sami Zayn, who is, of course, of Syrian descent. We've all mentioned how he is the uh, Mexican wrestler from Canada who is a Muslim and lives in the United States. I was going to make a big collusion <clears throat> thing in our, in our description, too, between these <laughs> <countries>. <laughs> But uh, one thing that's super awesome is Pro Wrestling Tees is selling a limited edition shirt with all of the pre-seeds, or proceeds, sorry. Now, that means... All of the, the pre-seeds, all the money you haven't yet spent on. <laughs> right. <laughs> all the proceeds. That is not profits. That's not like after they make up for what they've spent, the profits go to it. No. 100% of the money that you pay for this will go to the Sammy for Syria Fund. That is super awesome, badass. I'm happy for Sammy. I'm happy for Syria, which is really in a rough deal right now. And I'm so proud of Pro Wrestling Tees for this. Basically, the shirt features a Tale of the Tape-style graphic depicting what most would consider the dream match of El Generico taking on his young Padawan, Sami Zayn. I want that shirt. I imagine all the stats are the same across the board. Well, not all of them. <laughs> um, or uh, country of origin. El oh, Generico is from Mexico. Sami Zayn is from Canada. <laughs> now, you can, Pasty, if you do want this shirt, you can order it 
Just go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash ElGenerico9052 or get this pasty for your convenience. We have posted it on our Facebook page and pinned it to the top. So just go to Facebook.com forward slash Podcast like you do every day, folks, and click the link if you're interested in picking up a shirt or seven. Just in yeah. time for the holidays. Just in time for Halloween and Crown Jewel. Wow. It's a good I, thing that he's doing. I, I, I'm, I'm proud of him for it. I hope we see some of those shirts in the audience at Crown Jewel. I won't watch Crown Jewel, <laughs> but I hope to see some uh, screen captures of that. Some Saudi, Arabia, <laughs> Saudi Arabian citizens with those oh, shirts. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. They'll be escorted <laughs> out in short notice. Faster, uh, than, faster not, than a person in the front row with an AEW shirt. Not just escorted, pasty. Trust me. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no. Uh, head in a suitcase. Yeah. Uh, ah. Positive well, news, pasty. Yes, more positive news coming out of the Impact Wrestling camp. According to sources, a handful of wrestlers in the middle and lower parts of the card learned that they'd be getting raises before Friday's TV taping. Wow, that is amazing. Others were to- also told before Bound for Glory. It seems management wanted to give back to the men and women who've sacrificed their bodies and sometimes their paychecks to help the company as of late. Now that they'll be airing on Axis TV. That was awkward. Yes. (laughs) While there is no formal statement on how significant their raises were, one source said everyone in the locker room seems to be very happy about the bump. So it it was some coke. (laughs) <laughs> We're bringing back the 80s. NWA inspired him. <clears throat> and another source claims one wrestler was almost brought to tears after management delivered the good news backstage. It's powerful Coke. <laughs> good stuff. It, it was, uh, it's RVD. He's like, <laughs> I, I could smoke weed and do Coke. <laughs> <laughs> he started crying, bawling right there. I'll be a heel. some of the wrestlers who've been named as receiving a pay increase includes ethan page josh alexander the rascals ace austin and jessica havoc there's one name that seems to be missing from that list of people who really 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 deserve a, a pay raise well to be to be fair pasty it did say from the lower and middle part of the card and i i would call her a main eventer so i i would understand her name wouldn't be on there i gotcha that that's that's the way i'm reading it you know what i mean not not saying that isn't the reason just saying i (laughs) i don't don't consider her a middle or bottom card person anyway she probably makes good money i hope she does yeah i get you but um man this is just what a couple months after hearing about how now they're gonna pay for their hotel rooms and uh We've been hearing a lot of positive stuff coming from the the politics of Impact Wrestling. You rarely ever in the pro wrestling world hear positive stuff about the politics. It's good. They're more and more becoming my my favorite again. They used to be my favorite back in the day, and they 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 lost favor with me. But oh, not only their in ring work, but the people the people behind the cameras seem to, at least from what we're hearing. Doing something good. It's wonderful. And that's not all the news from Impact this week. No, Pacey. In fact, um, something else cool. Talking about 
the olden days when they were my favorite company. Impact says that they will be bringing back their old moniker TNA or Total Nonstop Action. Now, before everybody's jaw drops and says how stupid of an idea it is, because that's a stupid acronym, because it is a stupid acronym, and I agree with you, this is for one night They're only. bringing back Dixie Carter, too, right? <laughs> Dixie Carter on a pole. <laughs> She's stripping in the lobby. Um, <laughs> no, this is one night only over WrestleMania 2020 week in Tampa, Florida. The news was officially announced by Impact Executive Scott D'Amore during the Impact All Glory event on Twitch. What makes this even more interesting, Pasty? When AEW's Matt Jackson, one half of the Young Bucks, of course, heard this, he replied with a photo of Brother Nick and himself in TNA as Team Generation Me, which they went by in there. The image from Matt prompted a reply from D'Amore, who opened the door for a potential rematch from one of Generation Me's best feuds from their time in TNA and one of TNA's greatest tag team feuds. Former TNA World Tag Team Champions Motor City Machine Guns Alex, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. As D'Amore mentioned, though, he said, no politics, no BS, just great wrestling. I would love that. I don't see it happening, but God, I would love that. Yes, it would be good. It would, it would definitely be good. Uh, I I do think though that Impact is onto something here, and maybe Total Nonstop Action becomes a yearly pay per view. I could see that, and I would be all right with that. Yeah, that's I, not bad. I think it's solid, and it pays homage to your past. Yep, and and you could make it more gritty. I don't know. It could be good. I like that idea. I never thought of that, Pacey, but that's smart, making it a reoccurring event. And it doesn't even have to be a reoccurring pay-per-view even. What if they just always followed WrestleMania um, with their with their TNA show? You know what I mean? Mm. I almost think you would just call it total nonstop action, though, and then get the TNA out. Like, people well, yeah, are yeah. automatically going to think that. But, yeah, right. that's... You, I could see that. And then you could make it a... Um, they got their... Um, oh, God, what is it? Impact... Is it just Impact Plus? I can't remember all the streaming services, but, you know, you could air it just on that if you wanted to. Right. Not even spend the money on a pay-per-view, but just air it on your or on your Twitch streaming or whatever the fuck they do. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they do, folks. I'm not... I don't know. <laughs> could be like all those ECW, WWE one-night stands back in the day. Well, this that's kind of what this feels like to me, is kind of the ECW reunion. Yeah. Except for it's actually brought back by... Um, the, the people that were part of it, that, that own it, that I wouldn't say ran it, but Dia Moore and uh, uh, was definitely a part of the original team. And there's so many wrestlers now that were part of the original team that I love it. Really great. It is good. Yes. And Court Bauer, CEO of Major League Wrestling, has a series of TV meetings this week in Los Angeles. Looking to lock in plans to add MLW's television and streaming presence in 2020. While MLW is holding its first pay-per-view on 11-9, and that's November the 9th, and are in the midst of a multi-year deal with BN Sports, an agreement that, by all accounts, each side has been happy with. Their existing deals allow them the opportunity to create additional content for other outlets. We have heard the meetings are planned to explore what MLW can add beyond their BN Sports commitments, 
And with AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling all locked into existing deals, the belief is now the time to strike to expand the company's footprint. That's good. MLW's done great things with their platform on YouTube thus far. Right. I mean, everybody's and, growing. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. It's it's lovely to see. It's exactly what we were hoping for when all of this hit the fan. We've said it a thousand times before, and we're just going to say it again, that I think it's the best time to be a pro wrestling fan because there is something for everybody that's fairly easily accessible. And not only is it the best time to be a wrestling fan, but it's the best time to start being a wrestling fan. If you... Are somebody tuning into this? You don't watch wrestling and you made it this far? Good fucking job. <laughs> oh, Good job. But Dude, start watching. You. Start watch. Just watch a little bit of everything and find your niche because there is something for you out there. <laughs> and you most definitely don't have to watch everything. I, in fact, I would not recommend watching no, everything you'll because you'll never get laid out. again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, um, ah, oh, just... So much, so much good positive news in the in in our Savage Sentinel this week, Pasty. Yes, indeed. Um, but I'm gonna put a short little break on that and get some uh, somewhat bad news, more disappointing news. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in the man, Pasty. And folks, if you don't know, the dogs aren't happy about it. Pacey, you want to take this one while I shoo somebody away from my door? Yeah, not a problem. The third Bellator fight for Jake Hager ended in a no contest Friday night at Bellator 231 due to multiple low blows by Hager. That is unacceptable in the MMA world, and it is surprising to hear. Um... I can only assume he's looking to step away from MMA and into AEW on a more full-time scale. Why else would you throw multiple low blows enough to have your fight ended in a no contest? You don't play face or heel in MMA. Very bizarre, but if you use that to play into the role in the Chris Jericho's inner circle. It makes a lot of sense. Moving right along, Kurt Angle and his wife, Giovanna have finalized the adoption of their new son now named Joseph. His birth name was Ivan from Bulgaria. Giovanna revealed Thursday that she and Kurt are bringing Joseph home. She wrote USA. Here we come. Kira, Cody, Juliana, Sophia, and Nicoletta. Your little slash big brother Joseph cannot wait to meet you all. Angle reposted Giovanna's Instagram photo and wrote, After 15 long months of paperwork, phone calls, and visits, we are finally bringing our adopted son home from Bulgaria. Hashtag welcome home Joseph. Kurt already has two children with Karen Jarrett, three children with Giovanna, and now their adopted son, Joseph, for a total of six children. All right. So I'm going to I'm gonna point out the elephant in the room here. And I, I'm not – actually, I'm not teasing or anything. I, I think – I love these names, and I think they're beautiful. And anybody who knows me personally knows that I'm into uh, 
not your average, just everyday name like Josh. <laughs> but you have Kira, Cody, spelled with a K. For Karen, Juli- probably. <laughs> Juliana, Sophia, Nicoletta, and you adopt somebody named Ivan, but you change his name to Joseph? Right, it just it what makes the sense. Fuck? You know, Kira and Cody with Karen and Kurt makes sense. <laughs> Giovanna and Kurt have Juliana and Sophia, and they adopt Nicoletta and Ivan. All the names pair up at that point. <laughs> Yeah, what's this Joseph shit? And why is there no Jason Jordan in here at all? <laughs> Did they forget? Poor Jason Jordan. I just Poor really Rusev. Threw- <laughs> Rusev had to go through the rigorous loopholes and hoops to jump through to become a United States citizen in the last few months. They could have just adopted him. Exactly. And his name fits with the rest of them. I just... <laughs> That just really threw me off when I first read this. I was like reading all their names, and I was like, oh, they're beautiful names. And then it was like, Joseph, birth name Ivan. I was like, why the fuck would you change it to Joseph? You guys obviously like these exotic names. What are we doing here? Ivan Angle. I like that. It he could be good. a great heel. <laughs> yeah, right. he, he's, the, he's the Russian adopted son of the American hero. God, it fucking sells itself. Right? Right. Like, you, like the Ruskies planned it all along. They set up the adoption and had microchips, you know, in, in, in the kids' labia or whatever. Now, in hindsight, quickly, would you did you have anything you wanted to say about Jake Hager and his low, low blows? Um, I'm disappointed in him. He was undefeated, and then I don't know if he felt threatened. I will say this. The low blow that caused the um, no contest, the ref – did declare that a, um, uh, um, what do you call it? A uh, accidental low blow. So he may not have intentionally did that one, but it's like, come on, dude! Like this is, it's like he's playing a pro wrestling character in MMA. Don't do that if you can't. That was exactly my thought people. point, and maybe, maybe, maybe <sighs> he wants to leave MMA with a good record and and focus on AEW, and this would well, kind of be your way to- out, right? Well, he was close to getting a loss because just like in pro wrestling, you can get a loss by low-blowing people. He's just lucky right. that the one that caused the no contest was deemed accidental. Um, I I don't see Jake Hager as that kind of person. I would like to – I didn't watch the – first, let me say I didn't watch it. I would like to believe all of the low blows were accidental. Uh, but nonetheless, if they are, that means that he was still in over his head because – he obviously was struggling. He, he yeah. wasn't getting in the offense. He was trying to get in. If you're accidentally making contact, that's not what you're trying to do. So either way, um, not good for his MMA career. To me, it doesn't affect his wrestling persona any, unless it, it actually bolsters it because that he's was going to say, yeah, he's a seal. He's a heel for the inner circle. <laughs> and, and, and if they play it off it in AEW, that works. Yeah. So that works. No, not not a problem, and I'm not going to watch him in Bellator anyway, so that doesn't bother me. Right. I was just kind of disappointed that it came to that. That's all. Well, he didn't yeah. want to get cauliflower ears, Fat Mac. No, and, you know, because of that, he's just going to take off the, the headgear. But cauliflower ear is a badge of honor to some, honestly, Pasty. And, in fact, it has 
created the name of probably the most prestigious, sorry Vince, Hall of Fame in the history of pro wrestling, the Cauliflower Alley Club. And the Cauliflower Alley Club announced its first award winner for 2020, Pasty. They tweeted, happy to publicly announce our first award winner for 2020. The Lucha Libre Award will go to one of the most popular and innovative wrestlers of all time. This guy knows his good Lucha stuff. And that is Rey Mysterio Jr. Folks, I ad-libbed the good Lucha stuff, but everything else is what they actually tweeted. Rey is only the second pro wrestler pasty to receive this prestigious award. Blue Demon Jr., or Blue Demon Jr., was the first recipient of the Lucha Libre Award in 2018. Hey, Fat Mac, you said he's only the second, and that was 2018 and 2020. Yeah, they don't hand it out every fucking year. It's not like an obligation. Yeah, like the Connor Crusher Award. If you didn't fucking earn it, you don't get it. So there was one in 2018? Yeah, exactly. So it was 2018, 2019, everybody sucked. <laughs> So they didn't give one out. Granted, Ray didn't have a very good year this year. <laughs> I love you, son. No, but that's been the synopsis year. of his entire year. This no. is first work in the past. I get it, and it's cool, and it's funny <laughs> that the Cauliflower Alley Club uh, beat no, this man to inducting him. Very cool, right? It's uh, it's good though. I'm I'm proud for him. I think he can, he can only be happy, proud, ecstatic to be in a super, first of all, an exclusive club in the Cauliflower Alley, a super exclusive club in being only two of this award, and an extremely exclusive club being both him and Blue Demon Jr., who are Lucha Libre icons. And let's not gloss over the fact, pasty, they're all hijos. Yeah. Blue Demon Jr. and Rey Mysterio Jr. are juniors of their original counterpart, whether it is a family member, a father, or just somebody that they took on that persona. I hate These to say, two though, people actually did more with this gimmick. I hate to say, though, I feel like uh, Dominic probably won't over outdo his father. You know what I mean? So it probably doesn't compound with well, each generation. Fair, Maybe it skips Ray a generation. Mysterio outdid his uncle, not his father. Right, there you go. Well, was his Dominic's uncle, not going to outdo father, Eddie so Guerrero. Yeah, exactly. So maybe, maybe, uh, no, but maybe Ray Mysterio's um, nephew. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe his niece. Right. This is this is a new world, Pacey. Maybe Ray Mysterio's niece takes over. Yes, not enough female oh, Lucha Libres. Let's there. uh, let not enough. Sexy Star fucked it up for everybody. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's, let's go shit all over this really quick. Huh? First of all, yeah, we don't we don't give a shit about it. It's, no. uh, third of all, fuck, we're behind. But um, but we have to shit on this for sure. So uh-huh. take it away, Pasty. You're well, the Well, two K eighteen was the last one I bought, but tons of people bought two K twenty this year. It released on Tuesday, and most of the gamers who purchased the game are not happy. Are you fucking surprised still? (laughs) (laughs) The hashtag FixWWE2K20 has been trending since Tuesday morning as fans have been upset with everything from bad graphics to missing features, 
items being left out of their collector's editions, and hundreds of other issues. Sony has been granting refunds to PlayStation 4 users. There's no word yet on Microsoft doing the same for Xbox One users. But the topic on social media today is how the game really is that bad. Bad enough that Sony is paying it back. I've seen some videos because I've been interested on the train wreck. Everybody last year was like, oh, oh 19, 19 is pretty good. To. You should start buying it again. I said, no, the last one I bought was 18. <laughs> and I won't buy it again until they do good at least two years in a row. And they really right? shit well, the bed It's going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some of the graphics are just awful. Just Terrible. awful. They, can't, they don't even try to get faces right half the time anymore. And the people they do get the faces and- right on aren't the people who matter anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know what to say other than, I'm glad other people are saying this because I'd seen screenshots of it and I wanted to shit on it, but I sometimes I feel like I overshit on things, but I'm coming to realize I don't think I do overshit on things, I just think a lot of things are getting really shitty. Of course, their, their big then, excuse is Ukes left them partway through development, so they had to scramble yes. to redo everything. WWE needs to get and away I will from 2K. Give them this, 2K needs to get away from WWE. And WWE needs to take like yes. three or four years off Both. from releasing Correct. a video game at all. Don't. Work for three or four years on one video game and don't release them every fucking year. Honestly, release one on a console well, and very, update very it throughout difference. time throughout the entire console lifespan. There you go. It's a big argument I have with a lot of game developers this, these days. You yeah. you should do that because you're gonna you Call of Duty every developers? year. You have a new Call of Duty. Well, that's my biggest argument when it comes to this end. Oh, there you go. I got you. <clears throat> but yeah, release Shitty. one fucking title and update. You can hundred percent change it every year, but don't make people pay more for that shit when it's the same as last year. You know what I mean? I mean, look at uh, look at Fortnite. Fortnite straight up black holed their shit and started all over again with the oh, exact same game. It was so much game. fun watching the kids for three days freak out because they couldn't play. It was, it was fun. <laughs> you, know, you know what was even funnier? Well, okay. God, that sounded super shitty. Let me change that. I wish we had to edit. It's not funnier. I guess you know what was even better? Huh. Is my son was in the hospital all those days, so he didn't even fucking miss out on anything. <laughs> I love how I said, you know what's funnier? My son was in the hospital for three days. Well, yeah, huh? what an ass. Gotta own it now. God, I sound like the worst fucking parent in the world. That was really bad. Oh, you know what else is really bad? Um, Not the next news segment we're going to talk about. <laughs> but basically, we got the comings and the goings, and there is some really bad uh, info at the end of this that we just have to bring up. Not only because it's being reported, but because uh, at least paste or at least Fat Mac has a gripe with it. Pasty, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw you under the bus. Pasty has a gripe with his shit. <laughs> Take do. it away, Pasty. <laughs> uh, but something that was awesome, super fun, and I touched on it earlier, so we'll just zip through this again. Sunday's Impact Bound for Glory pay per view. Joey Ryan made a surprise appearance in the shot. Your call, fuck. <laughs> Throwing off, just whoa. But he he was there, Pasty. Um, SoCal Uncensored broke the news that this is because the King of Dong style has signed a multi-year deal with Impact Wrestling Pasty. Wow. As we mentioned, wow. Joey why, commented why is on SCU the, breaking that news? Um, because the group of Kazarian, Christopher Daniels, and Scorpio Sky got their tag team name from their very from their very 
uh, favorite pro wrestling dirt sheet or news or whatever you want to say. So does um, that mean there's going to be a tag team is, called Beef Sticks someday? So, SoCal Uncensored. I hope there is, honestly. <laughs> yeah, SoCal Uncensored, I should. I guess we should preface this for people who don't know. SoCal Uncensored is a its own pro wrestling um, news site, which was along, around long before SoCal Uncensored, and they've said in interviews that's how they got their name. They were just like, hey, we love these guys. We called them up one day and said, hey, can we use your name? And they were more than happy to have their name plastered everywhere. So, <laughs> yes. Um, Joey commented on Twitter shortly after the announcement, and he said it made the most sense. Impact Wrestling has been the most consistent wrestling program on TV for the past two years. Wow, that says something from Joey Ryan. Yeah. Um, keep in mind, AEW hasn't been on for two years, so he's not dogging them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He also said, I get to keep all my indie dates, and best of all, they let me be me. And that was no more abundant than in a spot that I actually forgot about and glossed over when we were discussing Bound for Glory. But they did a, you know the penis plex, right? Yeah. Oh, they did a snake penis plex, which was awesome. Joey Ryan threw the one hand on his penis. The next guy threw that guy's hand on his penis. And then the next guy threw that guy's hand on his penis. And then Eddie Edwards jumped in. And he looked like he was just going to take out Joey Ryan, you know, and just stop the penis plex altogether. Eddie Edwards walked to the end of the line and grabbed the other penis and got penis plexed on purpose. Oh! Awesome. (laughs) I fucking marked out at that spot. I can't believe I forgot to. The reason I didn't write it down is because I was marking out, but I can't believe I forgot that. That was really cool. Uh Uh-huh. To me, it sounds like the I get to keep all my indie dates was the one little jab at AEW and let me be me as the jab at WWE. Yeah, or and even if it isn't, that has been a plus for a lot of Impact wrestlers is not only does it seem like they're getting treated good at Impact, but they get to keep most of, I know he said all of, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to emphasize, I'm pretty sure it's most of, not right. all of. Yeah. They're, they're in, like they can work for other companies. So that's huge when you can go out and make extra money. Back in the day, WWE and WCW had a lot of their best wrestlers and they'd send them away to go work in Japan for like a month. Uh, and, and we said it, it when Joey turned down WWE and AEW, he needs to be in a position where he can go everywhere. Yeah, that's what he likes to do. And that's kind of what his character needs. He's a, you know, I I worry about Orange Cassidy and AEW. Because you need to, you can't just overexpose that character. Granted, as a manager, they haven't been overusing Orange Cassidy very much. Not yet, no. No, it's very good. We also saw the Impact debut of Ace Romero at Bound for Glory. Romero appeared in the latter match for the X Division Championship. Romero has previously wrestled for Major League Wrestling and made an appearance in the Casino Battle Royale on the AEW Double or Nothing buy-in show. Yes, AC Romero, the big old dude that made quite an impact. Uh, no pun intended. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with this, and I'm excited to see the matchup between him and Congo Kong. Um, because just... Two giant dudes. Uh, it, it might be it might be really boring and stupid, and I might shit on it, but I, I at least want to see it once and see what they can do with each other because they're two big giant dudes, and it just reminds me of uh, you know, back in the eighties when giant wrestlers just collided. 
Kong is for wrestlers, what Lil is for rappers. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it, Pasty. That was great. And it's true. It is. Uh, More more news coming out of SoCal, Pasty. Indie wrestler Jake Atlas, real name Kenny Marquez, he's set to report to the WWE Performance Center in January. The California-based grappler, which is probably why SoCal Uncensored got the news, made his wrestling debut back in August 2016 after training at the Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy in California. And he was named Southern California Rookie of the Year in 2017, so not shabby. Atlas competed in Pro Wrestling Gorilla's BOLA, or Battle of Los Angeles tournament, last month, losing to Dragon Lee in the second round. He then worked one match in ROH's uh, tapings in Las Vegas. It was then reported that he turned down a contract from Ring of Honor, surprisingly. SoCal Uncensored also noted that AEW had talks with Atlas, but no contract had been offered. Man, I got ROH is so far at the bottom of the pile, I feel bad for them right now. God, it it's sad, but if we know anything about Ring of Honor, is we know that they got a huge upswing coming. Yeah. Um, but right now it's Impact's turn, and AEW's working on it. We got to see what they have to offer. And NWA. <laughs> oh, I don't think they're I don't think they're ready to hit their big upswing yet. But I'm proud of what they're doing, and I'm happy yeah. to watch it. I I, I got to be honest, I really don't know Jake Atlas at all. Um, I watched highlights of uh, PWG's Bola because it's one of my favorite events, but it's honestly really hard to find it's a, it's a long watch. even even when you know where to look it's hard to find and yeah it's a long watch because it's multi days of it i mean this is a real tournament folks mm-hmm. uh so i don't have much else to say on this well one name you should know is matt seidel and he's signed with evolve through evolve 142 on december 7th but what is really interesting is that he's being billed under his former wwe moniker evan Bourne. And with Evolve's WWE connection, could this possibly lead to a return to the E and a return to the tag team of Airborne? Xavier Woods is out for a year. It could happen. Boom! It could. It could. He has four dates with Evolve. Um, Right now they're on... Their next event is going to be uh, 138. So he has 138, 139. Oh, no, it must be 139. He has 139, 140, 141, 142. So he has four dates that he signed with Evolve, which is just going to be fun. I love Matt Seidel. I think he's amazing. I think he does great. I think he let – me, let me put it this way. He's getting older, and for him personally, if he can get in with WWE, it's probably great for the money – Oh, yeah. Even if it's just a trainer in the performance center, really. Yeah, if if for that, that's cool. For me as a fan, I don't want to see Evan Bourne on WWE TV because they're going to do the same thing they did before. They're not going to use him correctly. No, no. They'll they'll slap him and go back together. And then Big E won't have anything to do. Oh, by the way, 205 Live's still a thing as of right now. Weird. Holy shit. Everybody's been drafted elsewhere. Holy shit. Um... Talking about somebody uh, with some WWE connections a little bit, uh, Ivelisse Velez, who you probably know from Shine, where she held the company's top championship two times, or if you're a male chauvinist pig and don't watch the female 
wrestling companies. You might know her from Lucha Underground, where she held the Trios Championship two times with Matt Cross and Angelico. She recently had a tryout with WWE, also. Not signed, tryout. Now, some of you may remember, which I didn't until I put a little research into this, that uh, she was Sofia Cortez, both in FCW, when Florida Championship Wrestling was the training ground for WWE, and the early days of the non-game show NXT. This was after it was a fucking reality show farce. So she's been well, grinding at this shit since, like, Cena was grinding at, at the bit? Oh, Eva Lise is a veteran already, and she's one of the best wrestlers around. I mean, just look at her time in both Shine and Lucha Underground or it's anywhere. Just a, it's just a uh, little, it's odd to me seeing it, most women's wrestlers have a shorter shelf life than, than male wrestlers. And she has a um, a very physical style. Not, not physical... Um, not physical co- uh, uh, Congo Kong, physical uh, Pac, you know. Um, so there you go. But one reason that you may not know her very well from WWE is that during her time in WWE, not only did she have impressive matches with Natalia and led a stable with Paige called the Anti-Diva Army, but... Her brief time in NXT is notable for her reporting Bill DeMott's physical, emotional, and sexual harassment to the offices. And most people, including herself, say that was likely the reason for her being released from WWE during her initial run. As she was the first to report that the former Hugh G. Rection was putting on this misconduct. Who would think Hugh G. Rection would do anything <laughs> wrong? You know. Uh. Uh, and most recently, for some of you that maybe don't watch all the indies or male chauvinist pigs and won't watch Shine or Shimmer, uh, Ivelisse was part of AEW Women's Casino Battle Royal at AEW All Out earlier this year. Yes. She's amazing. So, so I think going forward, anytime we reference a wrestler with the name Kong, we've got to take out Kong and preface the whole name with Lil. So like Lil Aja, Lil Awesome, Lil Kong or Lil King Bundy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Lil King Bundy. That sounds like a rapper, doesn't right? it? Yes. Oh, speaking of that, and I'm just going to pop this out and there's nothing to do with it. I'm going to do it quickly because we're running out of time. But anyways, I seen a cat r- walking through my small little town, and I swear it was Ed O'Neill. Like, I've never seen this cat before. <laughs> I know it wasn't Ed O'Neill because Ed O'Neill isn't going to be in my town, and he certainly isn't walking when he's in my town. But God damn if he couldn't play his stunt double. That's all <laughs> I got to say about that. Well, uh, possibly in some of the biggest weird news this it's week, weird, all right. it's uh, we don't know, but we don't we're gonna know. let you know what we don't know, and we're gonna let you know that we don't know what we're letting you know. So I'm gonna Unlike hit this Meltzer people. alert button, even though it has nothing to do with him, just because Meltzer. we don't know. Meltzer. Yes, Tessa Blanchard Meltzer. could be done with Impact Wrestling, at least if you believe Wrestle Talk, who are reporting Tessa Blanchard done with Impact Wrestling. In reality, her contract is up, but she is working on a per-appearance deal until she either resigns, signs with another company, 
or continues to work at Impact as a free agent. Best we can find, WrestleTalk created the story based on a short tweet from Ryan McKinnell of Busted Open Radio, which simply relates, Tessa Blanchard's contract with Impact is apparently up. Does she stay or does she go? I'm certainly not one to say. However, I can't help but feel AEW's women's division could use a kick. And let's not forget, that's where Tully is. Seems like a natural fit, no? I brought this news to you because I wasn't sure about it. And you generally, did. when WrestleTalk doesn't make a video about it and links you to their website, it's bullshit or not relating to what the headline is anyway. Right. So I had to bring it to your attention. They're hit or miss. They're they're very hit or miss. Usually, yeah. like if you they said, bring it to the video, you can the, rely on it. Yeah, the stuff they put on YouTube, they usually vet thoroughly. But I know a lot of people in the wrestling community have have a problem with WrestleTalk's website because they, even like this, they took the from what we could see the tweet that that said he, he even said I can't or he actually said uh, what does he say. Does she stay, stay or does she go? I'm certainly not one to stay. And they turned it into the the headline, Tessa Blanchard done with Impact Wrestling. Uh, like, where do you even make that connection? Yep, no, their website is horrible for clickbait titles that take yeah. you nowhere, really. And, I did uh, search around. I couldn't find any other news sites posting this, but I did see multiple Facebook wrestling pages posting it. So I felt we, we should address it. Now the truth is she easily could leave for AEW. Her father does men. Yeah. Her father does work there and she'd probably make more money, but yeah, you know, you look at impact and they've made her a main eventer, even as a woman. Now I couldn't dog her for making more money in her profession. That's what we all want to do. But as far as an artist goes, or even as far as loyalty goes, and, and in wrestling, loyalty is, you know, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Right. But as much that Impact has put into her and, and revolved most of their programming, not just the knockouts division around her, it would be um, shitty as a person to do that to Impact, but smart if she wants to buy a new house. I honestly to- think that with all the, the, the distance she's covered with impact, moving to AEW would be like moving backwards. The only logical place for her to go beyond impact and where she's at now is WWE. WWE. Exactly. Could you imagine Tessa Blanchard versus Ronda Rousey? That's Could you imagine Tessa match. Blanchard versus Charlotte Flair? Right. Tessa Two Blanchard takes on the whole four. The whole four. She takes on the four. All of the four horsewomen. <laughs> that was good. I like that. Yes. Uh. No, that's, I mean, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. First of all, AEW is super smart to get Tessa Blanchard because I love Dr. Britt Baker, although she's still a bit green yet. I love Nyla Rose, although there's that cloud that internet fans want to put over her that I don't like to discuss and I'm not going to. Uh, uh, awesome Kong is amazing, but she's a part-timer right now. Her first job is as an actress. Her second job is wrestling. Um, Chelsea Green, super amazing, but they haven't done much with her at all. 
Yeah. AEW seems to be faltering on this women's division that they're promoting so highly. Now, they're doing great with the tag teams. I can't they they're the best organization right now for tag team wrestling. And they're doing good with their main eventers. And their television production up until this week has been pretty awesome. But yeah, their, their women's division is lacking. So A, it would be really good for AEW to get her for AEW. Yeah. But like you said, I think it'd be a step backward for Tessa Blanchard, the character, the the yeah. wrestler, the artist, the performer, the person. The closest thing she could get, I know this is controversial to say, but the closest thing she could get to fighting a man in AEW is is fighting Nyla Rose. Well, you said it. I'm not going to say it. Uh... And I don't agree with that, but that's that's fine. I'm not knocking you either for it. Well, I'm just saying they've already stated that they don't want intergender matches. Correct. <laughs> Which I don't agree with either. No, I, I, I don't think that's a smart move. Especially when WWE is willing to toy around with it. But in the sake of time, it's time to move on to this week's injury reproach. Yes. Yes. I don't know why it's a reproach, but that's what I wrote. <laughs> I wrote the reproach. <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> pasty uh roman reigns starts out this reproach he may have suffered an injury of some sort during the main event of wwe's live event in sydney australia sydney australia seemed to be kind of snake bitten ironically because there's a lot of big snakes in australia <laughs> the match saw reigns and daniel bryan defeat luke harper and eric rowan in a cage at one point during the match reigns took a hard bump into the cage Reigns went on to finish the match, though, but he appeared to be hurting on his way up the ramp. Reigns reportedly signaled to a medic and a WWE official that he was hurt, and they spoke with him as he was returning to the backstage area. As of this recording right now, he is still slated as captain of Team Hogan for Crown Jewel on Halloween, so we're assuming this is a minor injury. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, regardless, it's a team match. He, he could be injured and still be in it. You know he could I mean? work through it. Yeah, yeah, he could work through it. Uh, also on that show, Down Under, Xavier Woods suffered an injury during Woods and Big E versus The Revival. A fan in attendance noticed that Woods was whipped into the ropes but immediately fell down and grabbed the, his leg. The referee threw up the dreaded X as trainers came out from the back. Woods was checked on and looked to be in pain as Big E and The Revival looked on concerned. Man, don't break kayfabe revival. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Come on. Come on. They're old school guys. They should right. that. <laughs> Woods was helped to the back, and the match continued as a handicap match with Big E taking the loss to the revival. Woods took to Twitter after the show, re- reported that he had suffered an Achilles tendon injury, which we've talked about in recent times as well, and it's not one you want to suffer. It's not, though I will say earlier today, and I and I haven't uh, got the update on here, I did read a report that said that the injury was less severe than they expected, and it was a Achilles strain and not an actual tear. Good. So he should be, there, there's still no timetable for his return, but it shouldn't be near as long as a tear of the Achilles tendon would be. Yeah, which can keep you out for upwards of a year. Oh, Odds are then you easily. come back and they don't know what to do with you anymore. Yeah, and um, it seems like the uh, ankles are are rough all over the world. Hmm. In fact, Evil, yes, folks, Evil has suffered a left ankle ankle injury. Not Kurt Angle. (laughs) 
Evil of New Japan suffered a left ankle injury and will not participate in the rest of the current 2019 New Japan Pro Wrestling Tour. Evil is going to be replaced by Bushi because both of them spell their name in all caps. <laughs> it makes sense. It does. <laughs> so uh, for all the rest of his uh, scheduled appearances, Bushi's taken over. Not a lot of news here other than, again, ankle injury. He's out for the rest of the tour. I'm assuming it's nothing major, but they're going to have him uh, heal up for the major events coming up. That's my guess. Since you think evil, of it as something really bad. They're going to be playing a lot of Street Fighter together. I think they could. Um, <laughs> yeah, why not? Forward, four down, up, baby. Oh, yeah, this is Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> On the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, Nelson. it was revealed that La Parka the second was taken Nelson. to the hospital after landing on a top landing a top rope suicida. You want to redo that, man? Yeah, I think I will. All right. On the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, it was revealed that La Parka was taken to the hospital after a rough landing on a tope suicida. It initially couldn't feel his legs. According to Lucha Bag, I mean Lucha Blog, (laughs) I like Lucha Bag better. I like Lucha Bag. (laughs) La Parca underwent surgery Monday to release the pressure and repair a fractured vertebrae and a cervical fracture. Shilka also had a bad tope and went to the hospital, but Vic Marks of UAM, UAM Radio... Is reporting that Shilka told Vic after leaving the hospital that he is doing fine. Doing Cassius bad. Ono went on to Twitter to talk of the risk involved doing such maneuvers. I don't re- recommend seeking out footage of these two dives, which both of your hosts here at B-Sticks did. Yes, we did. And uh, they are, <laughs> as, uh, as he said, spine chilling. Yes, and quite literally wrestlers and fans alike take, he- take heed However easy and routine these death-defying maneuvers appear to be, they're just that, death-defying. They have the potential to change careers and lives. Guys and girls, please weigh the risk versus reward, and don't take for granted a second of preparation. To those watching from afar, please recognize the gravity of what's being risked, essentially, for your entertainment. Have fun, be safe, and don't take these things too lightly. And La Parka's dive looked Super bad. Uh, you know, Shilka, I, I actually didn't. Like, I watched it over a couple times, and I'm like, it, it it looked like he screwed up, but, like, it looked like a botch that you could make on any. It didn't look horrible. Probably felt horrible. Don't get me wrong. Something can look perfect and still be injury prone. But, uh, oh, the Laparca one. And, and folks, we want to reiter- reiterate. Thank you. <laughs> we want to do that. John also. Ritter. We want to do a John Ritter on this. No, John Ritter's dead. We want them to stay alive. <laughs> this is Laparca 2, which works for AAA, who got who... Okay, Fat Mac is going to say... I'm not going to bring anybody else into this. Not Beef Sticks, not Pacey. Fat Mac is going to say stole the gimmick from L.A. Park, who is the one that you see in uh, MLW and, yeah. and all over the place. L.A. Park and is L- the original... De L.A. Park. Correct. Yeah, yeah. L.A. Park is the original La Parca from the original AAA and CMLL and WCW. He was the chairman of WCW. His son is El Hijo de L.A. Park. La Parca 2 is the one that AAA created because they owned the name La Parca. 
just you basically a WWE said Cara. <laughs> exactly. Who was also so, on Raw this week, which was weird to see. Very weird, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I want to say this, Pacey, and I'm as guilty as anybody. Actually, probably more guilty than a lot of people or maybe less than a lot of people. I don't know. But I really want to underline what he said. We watch these death-defying maneuvers on TV, and we and we go gaga for them, and we talk about them. And Pacey, you and I are even guilty of ridiculing them when they fuck them up. Yeah. But folks, these are death-defying moves. People have literally died from easier moves than these in the rings. They literally put their life on the line doing these moves. So mm-hmm. ask Rey Mysterio. Yeah, we we don't stress that enough, and we shouldn't. Pro wrestling's about having fun and enjoying yourself. It isn't about the, the, you know, but I guess every now and then when we shit on somebody botching, it doesn't hurt to just take a second of uh, reflection and say, you know, I didn't risk my life when right. I went to work today. Well, both of us felt bad for Enzo when he had his fucking oh. massive concussion. That was scary. It was yeah. scary. So true. And pasty, somebody who didn't quite make it out of that uh, death trap, outlaw Joel Deaton. He suffered a massive stroke on Friday, sorry to say. According to his sister, he's at the Emory Universe He's at the Emory University Hospital ICU and is awake, alert, and talking. If you want to go visit him. Deaton wrestled from nineteen seventy Yeah, go go ahead, check it out. Ah, uh, Deaton wrestled from 1977, Pacey, to 1999, 22 years in the business. Although he was semi-active from 2004 to 2000 or to 2010, so even farther than that. Wow! Wow! He worked the territory circuit, making long stops in Georgia Championship Wrestling, NWA Georgia, Florida Championship Wrestling, Jim Crockett Promotions, where he temporarily actually took over for managerial duties for the hor- four horsemen from the hor. <laughs> oh, I want the that horsemen. I want the horsemen. That should be what the horsewomen in WWE are. Ooh, no, don't <laughs> don't open that gate. <laughs> But in Jim Crockett promotions, J.C. <laughs> Penny, Joel, that's what I was thinking. Okay. In Jim Crockett promotions, outlaw Joel Deaton temporarily took over the managerial duties for the four horsemen from J.J. Dillon, believe it or not. Uh, he was also in um, global, um, not global force wrestling. Um, global wrestling G- force. <laughs> no, GWF uh, and Smoky Mountain Wrestling. The Outlaw was primarily a tag team specialist, and I'm sure most of you don't recognize his name, as, as I actually only, like, recognized the name, but he, he couldn't picture a match, couldn't put any data to him, couldn't picture a face, nothing. Primarily tag team specialist, but he did hold tag team titles in All Japan, NWA Central, Georgia Championship, Georgia All-Star, Southern Championship, NWA Tri-State, and World League Wrestling. Now, almost all of those tag titles were held with either Thunderfoot, Billy Black, or the kayfabe brother, Dave Deaton. Uh, We hope the best for Outlaw Joel Deaton, and um, we're hoping that we don't have to talk about his passing anytime soon. Yeah. Man, folks, it's been a while since we've had a weekly elite dirt sheet for you. And we don't have much of one today. No, it is short and sweet, and I'm almost wondering if we just oh. 
Lure it all back into the Savage Sentinel. It's super sweet. All Elite Wrestling announced Thursday that Rick and Morty are all elite. AEW wrote on Twitter, Welcome to at AEW Wrestling at Rick and Morty, our hashtag all elite. God, I hate the way we have to talk these days. You know, I when I read them, I just ignore all those at. Or a lot of times, as I did at the end of this one, when I write them, I write them as you would write them in a news story, where I'll bracket what they really mean. All right, which is which is good. I mean, things like AEW wrestling, Rick and Morty, and All Elite. Obviously, we know what those are, but the one that I bracketed was at C C C C C W V. What? I literally had to look it up to find out what the fuck it was, and so I bracketed it for us. And of course, folks, you'll be able to find out more information Wednesday, October 30th, when AEW Dynamite broadcasts live from Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center in Charleston, West Virginia. And yes, folks, that news showcase was shorter than the button itself. Wow. Ah, pasty! Time for the crown jewel predictions! The pay-per-view nobody gives a fuck about unless you own oil, I guess. I'll watch it just because it's my journalistic duty and I know you won't. And yeah, I'm going to go out of my way to uh, follow through on the fact that I have not watched a single match that WWE has put on from Saudi Arabia. And I'm kind of proud of that. The same way, I'm proud that I've actually never gambled in a casino in my life. And I have I might, nothing I against might go gambling. To the extremities of not watching it on the WWE Network. You probably should just stick it to them. Yes. So this stick. card kicks off with a twenty-man battle royal in which we don't know any of the twenty men. Oh, this sounds familiar. <laughs> I know. It's going to lead so, to some interesting stuff. With that being said, Pasty, I'm picking um, whoever comes in at number seventeen. Do you want to just do first 10 and second 10? You're already in at 17. I picked one. Oh, uh, yeah, let's sense. do let's do that. Yeah, fuck it. Let's do that. Yeah. Oh, like one through 10 fucking for matters me anyway. and 11 through 20 for you. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Go ahead. and You going to make the change? Yeah, I'll do it. You make the change. You get into the next match. Okay, so we got the WWE United States title match. AJ Styles defending his title against the winner of this said match. Is it going to be AJ Styles or is it going to be one through 10 or is it going to be 11? Th- no, it won't be 11 through 20 because 11 through 20 isn't going to win. It's either AJ Styles or one through 10 pasty. What do you got? One through 10 or AJ Styles? I got styles. I got styles. There you go. You gotta, you gotta somehow keep the club credible and Gallows and Anderson aren't good for that. Aren't so. going to do it. No, <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, then we've got Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. Who you got, Mac? Pasty, I'm going Fury. I got to go with Stroganoff, uh, especially after hearing this week that uh, Tyson Fury was putting in a session at the Performance Center when he was attacked by Braun Strowman, and that wouldn't happen in real life. So it's going to play into this match. But I could easily see that being what triggers Fury to go all out on the beast. Yeah. Uh, we got Cesaro versus Mansur al-Shahali, which only makes an appearance on these shows, ironically. Yep. Wow. 
Yep, and I'm going against the grain by saying Cesaro's going to win it because Cesaro didn't go to NXT like he should have, and he deserves something, please. He deserves something, but <laughs> Mansoor, uh, I didn't pick Mansoor last time, and he ended up winning his match, so I'm picking Mansoor this time because, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yes, indeed. And the last match, I believe, was a battle royal, too. It was, and we didn't even know he was in it. He was a, but I'm still picking him. Five on five match, pasty. This one I'm excited for just for the outcome. I'm not going to watch it. Team Hogan, which consists of Roman Reigns, Rusev, Ricochet, Ali, and Shorty G taking on Team Flair, which is Randy Orton, King Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Shinsuke Nagamura and Drew McIntyre. And anybody who knows Fat Mac knows I'm picking Hope. I'm going Team Flair. Uh, I feel like he's got the stronger lineup. I also have this sneaky suspicion that Rusev is not going to have a chance to fight Bobby Lashley in this match. I feel like every time they're in the ring together, Bobby's going to get himself out. I'm Team Flair all the way. I like the psychology of that. That actually makes sense. Um, but you got Hogan. You got Roman. In my mind, it's really hard to fucking bet against those two. I guess <laughs> Not in WWE. <laughs> Roman's been capable of losing lately. And I, I think as much as Vince wants everybody to forget about Hogan... I think I, I think there's still ground. First of all, I think Triple H wants people to forget about Hogan, not Vince. Triple H just wants Flair to Second not all, sue about the man. <laughs> Second and of that's all, probably I think why Flair that, uh, that that actually makes sense. But I also was going <laughs> to say I think Hogan's going to get one more match, and this could set that up. So that would make sense. So uh, actually, both things make sense. Pasty, I want you to bring in the next one. Yes, folks, it is the largest title in show history for the largest tag team turmoil match to determine the World Cup for the best tag team in the world. And that's the literal match title, folks. So fucking stupid. Pat Mac tried to get around it. He just put tag team turmoil. I did. (laughs) I I purposely didn't put all that in there. And then Pasty changed it and added every fucking syllable (laughs) so that we had to say it so that we could show how fucking stupid WWE is. They say tag team and world (sighs) twice. Isn't that just, they say a lot of things over and over again. It's the best tag team in the world. I think Shane McMahon wins somehow, but he's not in the match. I have the same idea. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I probably would have picked what you picked, but I decided to go against that grain. And besides, I have a preference here. I chose Heavy Machinery. Well, okay. the, the competitors in this match are Viking Raiders, The Revival, New Day, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. Heavy Machinery, Lucha House Party, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, The O.C., yeah. and The B Team. So, you know... Three quarters. Am I of these the only one who thinks the last <laughs> four will? Ne- yeah, no, four. Half of them don't. <laughs> Lucha House Party, Zach and Hawkins, OC and B Team. None of them are winning. Ziggler and Rude are winning. I mean, I guess they could just four out of the eight point. are done. But this comes down to the big boys, doesn't it? I, I think out of everybody that I looked at and said, there's yeah. 
that you and I had the same idea. I think so. Yeah. So what do you, so you got heavy machinery used in? Oh yeah. Tucker and Otis are my favorite thing going right now. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. I got Viking Raiders a because they uh, are pushing them B because they need to push them and C because looking at this outside of the OC, which is a joke. I think they're my favorite tag team out of this group. Yeah, Viking Raiders are definitely the the easy pick. And because I think, it's the largest tag team turmoil match to determine the World Cup for the best tag team in the world, and I think anybody could fucking win it. It doesn't matter. Just like the Battle Royal, and just right. like the world's greatest fucking Royal Rumble, and just like uh, whatever else people have gotten titles and, and cups and shit for. Hey, is Braun Strowman defending his green title against Tyson Fury here? Nothing on this show matters. Fucking should. <laughs> we're having heavy delays here, but we're nearing the end of the show, so it shouldn't matter I mean, too much. He's not, but he should. <laughs> I know. So up next, we have a false count anywhere universal title match, oh. seeing Seth Rollins defending his universal championship against the fiend Bray Wyatt in a match that cannot be stopped. It's gonna suck. I don't care. Oh. Well. Since I, since both of us thought that the, <laughs> both of us thought the Fiend should have won the last match, so I'm gonna just keep pulling that forward and saying there's no reason for the Fiend not to win this one. The Fiend doesn't need a title. There's Seth Rollins no is gonna reason. win this one. He should get the title here. <laughs> he shouldn't get the title ever. Okay. Uh, just because I love him. I think storyline wise, he should. I honestly, we haven't seen the you. Fiend show up on, on Raw or SmackDown since this whole thing went down at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> I think the Fiend doesn't even show up. I think it's Seth Rollins versus Bray Wyatt, flat Bray Wyatt, and that's why Rollins wins. Flat Bray Wyatt? Are they going to do some sort of 2D sort of transmogrification and turn well, yeah, him into he doesn't... a flat opponent? He doesn't have a flat Stanley yet in his crew, so why not? He cut out. Well, he cut flat Bray Wyatt with a chainsaw in the first segment. If you really think about it, okay. That is true. <laughs> he did. Ah, uh, then we got the WWE title match: Brock Lesnar versus Kane Velasquez. This is a return bout or rematch, if you will, from UFC, where Kane Velasquez fucked Brock Lesnar up. In his first loss. In fact, Mac, I think like he's going to do that process. again no, here. No offense to Brock Lesnar. I think he's... I don't think so. I think that uh, this is the redemption. I think that we get a run. I think, honestly, honestly, right now, I think Vince McMahon doesn't even know who he wants to bet his money on. No. Like, I think he's still waiting for the performers and the audience to tell him who is going to be the main event guy. Is it Kane? Is it Brock? I'm going to let people tell. I don't think Vince knows. Like, I think this is a, this is trading places with uh, Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> and Vince McMahon is just both the rich old white dudes. I love it. Yeah, I, that's I'm what, going. That's I'm what going. I'm saying. I'm going Kane Velasquez in this. He, he's a new addition to the roster. I don't think this is a one-off thing. Um, 
you know, Kane can win it and he can go to SmackDown and Brock can go back to be with Paul Heyman because Brock can't be on SmackDown without Paul Heyman. Right? So I, I do want to say this. I originally had Kane Velasquez down before you had even picked anybody, Pasty. But as soon as I heard the news that Kane Velasquez signed a multi-year deal and not a one-off, I was like, nah, fuck that. Brock Lesnar's winning. They're building some. They're building. I might be wrong, but if it was a one-off, I was sure that Velasquez was going to get his revenge. Yeah. Hey, so props I, I can, to WWE so I can for see booking the least it. predictable Brock Lesnar match in a long time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, if you go by... If you go by legitimate sports, Velasquez is going to win. If you go by pro wrestling booking, Brock is going to win. If you go and say, well, fuck, what is Vince going to do? Who knows? <laughs> so true. I like that. <clears throat> and that brings us to our tiebreaker. Yes. Do Hogan and Flair get physical with each other? And we're talking more than just pushing. What do you say, man? We're talking about tongue kissing. We're talking about no Vaseline. Straighten the pooper. Oh, I want to get oh, physical. Oh. Let's get it physical. Uh, since it wouldn't be the first Hogan sex tape, I'm going to say yes, Hogan and Flair get physical. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I see a push in a point from Hogan to Flair, but other well, than that. And I, will, and I will say right now on record, live and recorded, that I don't consider a push and a point. Uh, even a push and somebody falling down. That's not what I consider getting physical. I want to see like a hit. I want to I want to see a wrestling move. Other right. than more than uh if I I guess I would say, and maybe um Pacey, you might disagree. Me personally, I would consider like an Irish whip into the guardrail. I would consider that physical. Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay, but pushing somebody and then falling into the guardrail, I would say, isn't physical. No. Okay, so so we're semi right on this. Um, if it gets to be a gray area, Fat Mac decides what's right. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't think it's going to come down to a tiebreaker on this one anyway. I don't think so either. We we did a good job, or I should say, you did a good job of. The only way it's a tiebreaker is if every other person wins, because we've picked very few of the same people yeah so well folks it's 402 p.m and everybody Ooh. wins because it's time for us to sign off, off for the week yes thank you for tuning in sorry for being a day late on the and a dollar stream. short but we're here it's time for pearl harbor Two, pearl harder and it's been Ooh. a good show great show thank, thank you, you all for joining in. us Good night. Yes, of course, always. Links to all of our social medias and stuff are available in the description. If you haven't yet found our Facebook and want to follow us more into the depths of our antics. But if that's all, then we'll see you next week. Uh. There you go.